UK Motor Talk. Well, good morning and welcome to the 88th Geneva International Motor Show. We're here on the first day, the press day, to have a look and see what's going on. So, let's have a look. Michael Gates. Okay, so you join us here now on the Aston Martin stand. As you may or may not know if you've been following us, the Vantage is one of my favourite all-time cars. I've committed to buying one one day. I will have one. Um, but I have to say, the new one is stunning. I mean, when you just look at it, I mean, looking at the front of it there, it's just a massive open mouth grill, but it's the back. The back of it is absolutely amazing. If you come with me and have a look. So the back of the Aston Martin for me is definitely where it looks most dramatic. If you look at this curve here, the spoiler that's built into the boot, it is just drama, absolute pure drama. The two exhausts sticking out the back, it's a real shame we can't start it up and have a go. The new Aston Martin Vantage uses an engine which has been developed with Mercedes, producing over 500 brake horsepower from its 4-litre twin-turbo V8. This will be enough to propel the new Vantage from 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds. It should sound absolutely fantastic too. If there's one thing Aston really have got right, it's the sound of their vehicles over the last few years. I'm here at Aston Martin looking at the new Lagonda. Now this is something that's quite special, the Lagonda name, obviously that's synonymous with Aston Martin. And this is really, so it's a new concept for them, a four-door car, suicide doors here at the side, and an incredible interior, it's proved to be very popular indeed. Um, covered in sort of like a, a tweed-like cover. The seats are absolutely superb. You see how unbelievably plush they are. And what a clear concept the dashboard has as well. Um, working your way through to the back, you've got two chairs, both of which with fold-out footrests and a holder in the middle there as well. It's incredibly loud and incredibly warm in here, but it's definitely worth it just to show you what a sort of car that Aston Martin have produced here. Now, the back of the car is just as stunning as the front is. The shape continues all the way across through to the back, almost like a dart. There's something almost slightly retro about it, but it is absolutely stunning. This is the Honda Urban EV concept. What I'm pleased to say is it's actually going to production next year. This is a car with some real 80s styling cues, a fantastic interior which hopefully will make it at least in part over to the real version, and a superb strong front end that's reminiscent of the Mark II Golf. The back corner, if you have a look at the photos, is also a little bit 205. It's a very cool car. Now you join me on the Volkswagen stand, there's been a huge amount of buzz, there's been a, a global reveal of the ID Vision, the closest that Volkswagen has at the moment to a fully autonomous car. But the thing that's really caught my eye here is this VW bus inspired right behind me. Um, it's absolutely beautiful as you can see in here, here. Some lovely little details, a play and pause for example on the uh, accelerator and, and brake as well. Um, but this will be a fully electric car. Um, a concept only at the moment sadly, but apart from what one of those do. This is going to be ridiculous, I will have spent all my pocket money by the time we get home. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the Speedback Silverstone Edition. Catching our eye on the other side of the show were two 60s inspired racers. We have the Speedback and the Mini Remastered. We caught up with David Brown just after the global reveal of his new Speedback GT. This is your baby. Tell me a little bit about the car. 
the car is designed um, substantially around the original Speedback with a, a more edgy both appearance and performance. But it's still a throwback in time, so we're looking to get the sort of 1960 fighters uh, involved in the uh, in the concept. So if you look at the wheels on there, for example, they're like the back of a Typhoon uh, air intake into a jet. And uh, similarly with the leather work, we wanted to get the um, uh, a leather work that looked as if it had been used. Even the door, the um, uh, veneers in the car. Um, they're all burnt. They start off as beautiful veneers, we burn them with a blowtorch, which is good fun, I've got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how, how much do you get involved personally with that? Obviously, the, the blowtorching, did you get to, to have a play? Or? No, I didn't really, they wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. A very, very skilled job. An absolutely stunning car. Thank I you. love the satin chrome detailing. That is beautiful. And I love the fact that the vents mirror the wheels as well, actually, yep. in terms of the afterburners. Superb attention to detail. And obviously, that uh, classic sort of aspect and DB shape, which, and as you've rightly said when you revealed the car, has been brought up to date, which I think is a superb thing, because they certainly don't make them like they used to, but that's not always a bad thing, I think. Actually modernising a car and bringing it a little bit closer up to date and modern underpinnings, modern brakes, modern suspension really gives you an ultimate driving machine that, that goes as well as it looks. Yeah. I think the real problem with cars of the era of which this is styled is that they look stunning, but in my experience, they're a little bit clumsy to drive. I agree 100%, that's why this car exists. I mean, we took inspiration not from any specific car, but from a period. Yep. And um, so the period of the 60s is when they started to, start, you know, the 60s after the austerity of the 50s um, was a, a great time for big flowing shapes and Sophie Loren and um, Riva Speedbox, all of those cars, the Aston Martins, the Ferraris, Lamborghinis, they were all designed in Italy, but probably by the same guys on the same street. And um, it's just that when we designed this, it was important to get back to that period and pretend we were in Italy drinking, smoking, and uh, looking at pictures of Sophie Loren on the wall. Sounds like a perfect weekend to me, <laughs> to be honest. It and was. I guess that 60s era as well is perhaps part of the design inspiration for the Mini, the, the Cafe Racer, I guess, which was obviously the, the motorbike era where British bikes really came to the fore. A massively influential time for British culture, the birth of the teenager as well. I'd love to go over and see a little bit more about the Mini as well, if I may. OK. So we've wandered over and we stood at the moment between the two minis. I'm sitting in front of a beautiful, beautiful Monte Carlo in an absolutely gorgeous colour, very deep ruby red. And to be honest, I've already said, for me, car of the show, this is the one I actually want to take home. Now, the Speedback is beautiful. As a self-confessed mini nut, this is pretty much perfection, I have to say. There's a lot of work that's been done here. Tell me a little bit more about it. Well, we wanted to take a car that was a, a British icon and bring it up to date insofar as we could without taking away the character of the car. So there were some things that, some very practical things, like all the bodies now are e-coated, so they've got rust protection. You bought a Mini in the old days, when you got it home, it was rusting in front of you. So from that up to the styling detail, a lot of which was just detail, because the Mini was a beautiful beautifully engineered and beautifully designed car. It was one of the most badly made cars ever in the history of automotive production. And so we've taken away some of the things that did that to the Mini, like the seams running down the side of the car. Um, and to do that, we obviously have to introduce the strength back into the shell in different ways. Sure. We then um, 
restyled the interior to bring it to make it contemporary, um, but still with a, a, a feeling that it belongs in that car. So a lot of people have looked at it, and looked at it as if it was almost a new car um, in terms of its styling. It obviously is it's from the 60s, but I'm. Thank you very much for your kind comment. I'll take the deposit short. <laughs> uh, well, very, very pleased with it. We all are. I'd say that the changes are subtle, but they're definitely there. The inclusion of the third brake light, I guess, is something for, secure, for safety now. Yep. Uh, the same, I know that you have extra strengthening behind for crash protection behind the dashboard, yep. but also the modern technology in there as well. It does give you the best of, of both, as with the speedback. Um, it is just absolutely stunning, and I would love to drive this off your stand. I'm not going to lie to you, but I don't want to deprive you of your own car. Well, I think we had to take all the petrol out of it to get it on before we're allowed to bring it in, so we'll push it down the ramp and go from there. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. Excellent. Nice talking to Thank you. Thank you. It's here and it's finally here. My God, have we waited for the Toyota Supra and it is stunning. Sharing its architecture with the new BMW Z4, the engine's going to be where it should be, at the front, with the driven wheels at the back. Expect a new inline six at the front, with a turbocharger, a 0-60 time under four seconds, and a power output of somewhere between 350 and 450 brake horsepower. Although this is the track version, it does show that they're keen on making this happen. Underneath all the extended and flared wheel arches, it's going to be a great looking car. There's a lot going on over on the Ford stand too, and whilst we've got the GT from both Le Mans and the road going version, we've also got the WRC winning Fiesta with a massive wing and rear diffuser, huge side profile, and it is absolutely massive. This thing is really beefy. It's no wonder that it's done so well with such an aggressive aero package. We've also got the new Fiesta ST. Now this is tucked over on the side, but actually it's something to shout about. The old ST really did define the small hot hatch for our generation. Centre stage, we've got a Bullet Mustang. Now, we've got the uh, original Bullet Mustang and the new version as well. And I have to say that in the pictures, I wasn't sure. But in the metal, it does look a hell of a lot better. A very aggressive front end and a more detailed interior compared to what we've been used to. Really going to be interesting taking one of those out for a spin. What is interesting, though, is the complete lack of Ford Focus. Now... Speaking to Ford Chair Andy Barrett, we're likely to see that next month. Surprised it's not at Geneva, but maybe we'll see that at the London Motor Show. The Wren from Chinese manufacturer Technos deserves a mention, if only for its Batman-style cockpit. This has a McLaren three-seater arrangement, but the whole canopy lifts up and slides back. Actually a turbo-diesel hybrid vehicle, this has a range of 727 miles from just 80 litres of diesel. And, bearing in mind this is an 858 brake horsepower hypercar, the batteries can be charged 80% in just 15 minutes. This is the new Renault Alpine A110 and it is beautiful. Proportions are spot on on this car. It just feels like a problem with the sports car. The centre stack is McLaren-esque actually in the way that it rises up next to you. Steering wheel has small and feels perfect up hand. I want to take one of these out for a spin now and give it a drive. Just take a quick look at the photos we've taken and see what you think yourself, but it's on my wish list. UK Motor Talk. So, just a brief roundup of some of the things we've got to see here at Geneva. Why not subscribe to our blog for more?
ukmotortalk.co.uk